I'm Maddie. And I'm Ryan. And this is The Mutant Ages, a show where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men, no matter what. No matter which one, we'll do it. <laughs> we might complain about some of them, but... We're happy. It's fine. It's over. We love doing this. <laughs> but we did struggle a little bit with Wolverine and the X-Men, and that is what we are going to talk about on this wonderful day. That's right. It's time to wrap up this TV show. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. All of their adventures, more than anyone should. From the comic book pages to the say thank you for your patience everybody for the lapse in episodes that was totally on me Mm -hmm. Uh, my computer i actually start to order a new computer i don't know in october yeah and parts to build a new computer we should clarify yeah and around the time that i was supposed to get the final part my original computer that i knew was on the way out finally shit the bed it was like goodbye (laughs) it did the aol noise it was like goodbye Goodbye. and it just was done i feel like computers know when you're about to replace them and they just shut down preliminarily they're like bye bitch well it was it was really a struggle bus too because i I, I do have a work laptop but it's like strictly for work as it should be well yeah and so you couldn't you couldn't install all important apps like Audacity on there to record an episode with me. I really couldn't. I don't think we could have gotten away with that. So all this to say, Ryan literally didn't have a computer. So for that's like, why for a while. we did not record last week. I feel like it's been so long since we talked about Wolverine and the X-Men. I hope I can remember it. I've really enjoyed not watching it anymore. No, what has actually happened, Maddie, is that it's been such a long watch through like 26 episodes that we started the first episode like six years ago before the podcast even existed and we finally (laughs) finished. It's funny because X-Men Evolution and X-Men TS were both longer shows, but like the recap episodes... We're a very different vibe because we had so much that we wanted to say. Whereas for this show, I'm like, (laughs) I don't even know where to begin. There's so many characters on it. Like even looking through the episodes, I'm like, wow, remember like the time bomb episode where they just introduced this character Nitro who was in that one episode and was never there again. It's like, why? Why were there so Psylocke was there for two seconds? Remember Psylocke? You just said time bomb and immediately was like, was Boom Boom in an episode? <laughs> she actually was in an episode. She was in uh, the pilot. Yeah, that's right. Much right. like every other X-Men character ever, she was there for two seconds and then was never reintroduced again because that's yeah. how the show operated. Okay, I so I wrote down questions for us. As always. But I think before we get into those questions, I'm going to add in a question here for us, which is, and, and not to say like, how would we rework this show? Because that's a different question later but like what are your overall thoughts 
what was arduous for you? What did you like? I think we should do like, what did we like first? Because I feel like we have to like compliment sandwich this TV show. (laughs) We do. It's actually not that hard to come up with stuff I liked. Because we, I mean, there are plenty of examples of episodes we liked and decisions we liked. And I think most of them I like in spite of the situation that this show was in, where it had to happen concurrently with X-Men Origins Wolverine. And And X-Men 3. And that's just never going to result in a good project because you have Wolverine leading the X-Men, despite that you have these other characters who are more qualified to do it. And even Wolverine himself is pointing out that it makes no sense for him to be doing it, which can be interesting. But because that's such a different vibe, I feel like it introduced opportunities for Cyclops to be a really fun character, really different character. A version that we liked. I liked that Professor X was in a coma for almost the entire show, not just because I hate him, but because it gave him more character opportunities in the future to be much like Cyclops, in a completely different situation than he's in normally and having his same personality and his same struggles, but dealing with them in a totally different place and time, which is fascinating. Like a place where he can't, I mean, he can't mind control a lot of people, number one, because they've all been turned into robots, but Mm -hmm. also his money means nothing anymore. Right. And his social power, like all the politicians he knows, all of that is gone. So he has to just actually make nice with regular people and figure out how to work with them. And he generally fails at it, which is also fun to see, like his relationship with Marrow and how much she hated him was fun. Bishop was a great character on this show and has never previously been. And Emma Frost, another top favorite. She has so many great moments on this show. Great performance. Yeah. Pretty much 10 out of 10 character. So if you just look at those key pieces of it, and Warren Worthington, one of our many faves, I, like those, there are some, there's some really strong character work if you just kind of go character by character in terms of the portrayals. But then it means that the disappointments stick out so much more. And I don't just mean stuff like, you know, Magneto ends up being really weird by the end. I more mean the volume of side characters and cameos on the show really bogs it down. I mean, really cameos is the best way to put this, where it's a character who's only there for one episode and they never come back and they never matter. And they're just kind of an object that gets moved around for the sake of that one episode. And and it doesn't really help the show overall. I do think that there's almost like a second layer here because you have like background characters cameo characters and then like main characters but in this show there's actually like a weird another level between cameos and like the main characters where we have like a cameo character who gets to do something for a certain length of the episode and then we never see them again i think nitro is a great example of this Mm -hmm. where it's like okay so nitro is a big piece of this episode or dust who gets like five minutes of fame and is important to that plot line, but there's no payoff for it. We don't know what she was doing that was her investigating Genosha, and we don't know what gets her put in the jail, even though she can turn to dust and just fly out. Yeah. Yeah, right. Or like Silver Samurai, Maverick's daughter. Yeah. More examples of the same thing. Like Arclight, you know, where it's like, okay, one character really gets their time to shine in one episode, and they might even come off as really cool. And you never see them again. You never see them again. But then there's like a regular camera. Or you see them twice, like Squid Boy and uh, Gambit are in this category, where it's like, okay, they get two episodes. 
episodes. Exactly. But you're still left wondering why they're there because it's only two episodes out of 28. Well, this is something that X-Men the Animated Series also did, but they did it a little bit better because those characters actually had a key point to the plot. Like they dedicated something to that. Like there was a point to them being there. Whereas Mm -hmm. why did we need to see Pixie, Squid Boy, and Cumface, whatever it is? (laughs) Yeah, Vindaloo. Cum hands? Or or like... Remember the magma episode? It's like magma's there one time. That okay, that I would consider less than a cameo. I would consider I, that I mean, you know what I'm saying? She's, though. It's, she's it's, just it's, a regular character, but she's not like that in between cameo and regular. So she's like mm-hmm. just a regular cameo, which is I don't even know what what I'm saying at this point. Like I don't know. <laughs> like, this TV show managed to integrate a whole new character system which is crazy but like i'm thinking examples that like background characters is like mercury right Mm -hmm. or blank right and then a cameo character somebody like magma or squid boy where they like well squid boy had more to do but somebody more like magma or boom boom who has like a line and they do something and then that's all they do and then you have somebody like just above that like squid boy or a Maverick's daughter. I like how I do not remember. Christy. And then you have the regular characters. Christy. But even the regular characters are arguably just cameo characters because they don't do a lot either. Like half the X-Men, like Iceman and Storm don't do anything at all. There's so many X-Men. I mean, Colossus is there for a second. an episode and he never comes back and there's no time for him to come He's back. He's a cameo too. Storm functionally doesn't exist on this show. Like Storm got her big Shadow King episode. Shadow King is gone forever after that and functionally so is Storm. But it's like in addition to having so many X-Men that we don't have time to focus on them all, we also have the Brotherhood, the Acolytes, Mojo, <laughs> the Reavers. I'm going to go out there and say the Brotherhood was actually, again, like X-Men Evolution, super cool on this show. And yes, I would love to. Yes, but there's no time for all of these different organizations. And that's before we even get to the Hellfire Club and the fact that we have the future X-Men, who is oh, a whole other God. cast of characters as well. The Brotherhood didn't even get like an ending to their story. I know. They just kind of fade into the background. Yeah, they attacked the X-Men at one point, right? And then after that... They passed out, and I guess we're never seen ever again, except for Pietro. I I mean, I don't know. And then there's the Marauders. I forgot to mention Mr. Sinister and the Marauders, and then Genosha and all the characters Sinister? on Genosha. Like, there's so... And Weapon X. And then there's all the Weapon X characters. It's like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> so much. <laughs> the more I'm listing off, the more overwhelmed I am. Like... yeah. I, I think that's a great way to describe this TV show is that it's very overwhelming. There's too much going on. I feel like they were trying to fit in every plot line they couldn't do on X-Men Evolution. Totally. And they're like, well, we got to do it now. And I'm like, no, no, no. You should have kept that spaced out because it was too much. And I do think that the beginning of the show had a strong start. We're like, we like what they're setting up with the future vision and the MRD and mm-hmm. even Genosha. But there was no payoff for literally any of it because they're like, actually, this is a Dark Phoenix story. And I'm like, then that should have started as a Dark Phoenix story instead of being like, what's the mystery? And then in episode 24, they're like, by the way, Dark Phoenix exists. And it's like, there was no, it would be cool if they had the Hellfire Club there earlier in the show. And then they had moments throughout the show where the Dark Phoenix was like somehow haunting people. And they were like, what the fuck is happening? Like, how is this happening? Mm -hmm. But there's no lead up. Or like Scott kept seeing visions of her, which like we saw 
brief glimpses yeah. of just the the briefest hints of the idea of that i can't even really say it's there because it's it's not explained at all. Well, what we can say about this TV show is that we were totally exhausted by it. And all of our friends were like, wow, you can tell Maddie and Ryan are just like Dying. done with Wolverine and the X-Men. And I'm like, it's unfortunate because I think there's a lot of great conceptual ideas here. Like, I think the future vision stuff is really cool. I even think a lot of the political stuff that they dive into between Warren and his dad and the mm -hmm. MRG is very interesting. And even Genosha could have been worked into that if it made any kind of sense, but it didn't. They didn't spend any time working on that. They didn't expand on it. It just is yet another thing that is in the background. And it's the biggest failing of the show. And it's unfortunate because there's a lot of creators and talent on the show that we really like. And it's just, it was stuck underneath horrible marketing constraints by Marvel and Fox and what was going on in the world because they were just starting the MCU at that point. Mm -hmm. And like how that fight affected X-Men television and comic books at the time. Yep. And so they kept things very separate. And they were like, okay, so this is what the X-Men is going to be doing. And now we have to make it as much like the X-Men movies as possible. And it's, I just, I, you can't do that. X-Men 2000 is really good. That's kind of where it starts and ends. I do like X-Men 2 also, but like there was a lot of X-Men films and they really just went off the fucking rails with all of it. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to say other than a breakdown of what we like and didn't like. But... Even just scrolling through the episodes, there are so many episodes where I'm like, maybe it was fun to watch, but it doesn't need to be there in terms of the larger plot. Like there's so many Monster of the Week episodes are just filler essentially yeah i mean unfortunately all the mr sinister stuff was filler but i don't want it to ever leave because that was the parts of the tv show i liked i would keep that because at least it includes cyclops hunting after jane gray which turned out to be a huge plot point it's just that we had no idea at the time i kind of like that mr sinister knew this and he was just like filming from the bushes as he does and wasn't involved at all in gene's disappearance <laughs> or resurgence he was just also there and was like I don't know anything about this, but I am fascinated. Like, that's hilarious. He was just personally amused by Cyclops' bullshit. Yep. I, you know what would have been cool is if this TV show was setting up the Dark Phoenix thing and they had the Hellfire Club there from the beginning and they were like, something's going to happen. We think it's the Phoenix and they spend this time tracking it down and then they're getting these clues. And then also Mr. Sinister keeps showing up. Like if he was officially the Red Herring, essentially. Right, wait, but that's what I was... No, I was going to actually say that he keeps popping up and getting in the way. They think that he's doing this whole Phoenix thing and then at the end after they dissipate the dark phoenix and they're like okay we saved the universe and then mr sinister's like actually the clues you've been following have been for apocalypse and you've been mm. wrong this whole time see that, that would have been, been a fun. really interesting spin that would still lead into their ending that they yeah. had but they didn't do any build-up for anything on this show or rather they built up too much yeah like they built up rogue leaving for the brotherhood but not that whole plot line doesn't actually end up mattering they built up the mrd and warren worthington and the mutant cure and the mutant register Registration Act also doesn't end up mattering. Like, I, okay, I was really annoyed that Rogue was a main component to this TV show up until she rejoins the X-Men. And they're like, great. Now that you're here, you're going to go stand in the background with Storm and all these other characters yeah. because we can't have it's that. It's over. Like, Kitty and Storm of Rogue Kitty, are Forge, only allowed Storm, one Beast, line per like, episode. All the other characters. It's really yeah. just the Cyclops and Logan show when it's even the Cyclops show because it's ultimately the Logan show. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. Let's let's yeah, hop into I, some questions, Maddie. <laughs> let's. But Maddie's in the hot seat. All right. I really are you am. ready? Are you on fire? I'm ready. What is 
your favorite and least favorite episodes and i say i was gonna say do one but there's a lot of things that we liked and disliked and they might be the same but maybe pick two of each i don't know like i don't know like like, <laughs> like two favorites so we're not here all day yeah two favorites and two well we'll do two favorites that we liked we'll start there okay i feel like the top for both of us is gonna be the warren episode oh 100 guardian angel which is just it's the reason it's so good is not only because it has Mr. Sinister in it, but because it has very few characters in it. Yeah. And it just, it's a very restrained episode and it, there's a lot of dialogue and there's a lot of character growth. I mean, that's what is good <laughs> about a story, getting to know a character <laughs> really well so Wait, that then you what? care when something happens to them, which is part of why it's also such a disappointment to me that after that, Archangel just kind of becomes the a Terminator. Terminator who doesn't end up affecting the plot at all. Like we got to know this character so well only to have him be put on the shelf again, which the show does constantly with like, every character. It'll have a big I emotional know. episode for somebody and then be like, well, that's enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, guardian angel still, I would say the, the top episode out of all of them. Yeah. As for my other top episode, how about we switch off? Why don't you pick a top episode? Because I ha- I have some ideas of what you might say, but I'm not I'm not totally sure. Well, no, you're right that Guardian Angel is my number one in this, and I'm just going to continue with what you're saying and add some beats here. Mm-hmm. The reason why Guardian Angel is good for me, and I think overall from a storytelling perspective, is that it has a lot of emotional weight to it, and the way that X Men Evolution would convey these stories and made us really love it. I think this, similar to X-Men Evolution's um, Uprising, is a great primer for the X-Men and understanding what the X-Men's about and seeing that be told. Like, you could watch Guardian Angel and be like, I don't know anything about the X-Men. Show me an episode of Wolverine and the X-Men that explains the X-Men. And I I feel like Guardian Angel does that Mm -hmm. because it breaks down what mutants are and how people react to them and how they are marginalized and hated on. There's a lot of coding going on in this episode that mm-hmm. and you don't see really anywhere else on this TV show, but the metaphors and the coding is really important to the X-Men because that's what the X-Men's about. Mm-hmm. And to watch Guardian Angel and be able to relate to it and be like, wow, this really feels like a trans metaphor and mm-hmm. a very specifically the conversion camps that were happening for gay kids uh, mm-hmm. in the 90s and are being reprised again for trans kids in particular yeah i don't know why that's happening right now but that's pissing me off but it does do those things very well and to have our listeners also respond to it and be like i actually related to it on this level for this other reason Mm -hmm. is when you have a good story is when you can walk away and be like i related to it you know it made us cry Mm -hmm. you don't need a good story to make you cry no but it it is a a level of power that few other episodes have and i i feel like the only other episodes that really stuck with me in that type of way and it's hard to pick one are hindsight part one through three uh, which are the first three episodes of the show, which gave me so much hope for what the show could be. And then it wasn't. And really weren't matched by anything other than Guardian Angel. There's no other episode that really fulfills the promise of what that three-part pilot is is laying out. And almost immediately after the three-part pilot, we start having episodes that are going off the rails, that are basically just filler and that's depressing. I mean, that's part of why scrolling through this list of episodes is tough. Anyway, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't say excessive force. I feel 
<laughs> well, that was going to be my other one, but okay, what's yeah, your cause... what's your other favorite episode? Is it an excessive force? I mean, I kind of cheated by picking the first three episodes of the show, but I I guess if I had oh, I to pick one of those three, I think I'm going to go with the second one because that's the one that has um, moments with Warren and his dad, I think, and brings Kitty and Bobby into the X-Men and, and has those interactions where Beast and, and Logan go to their houses and talk to their parents and just, just has some fun moments. But yeah, do you want to talk about excessive force and how good that one is? I mean, it's good because it's I it's I don't I wouldn't say that it's good because I, that's <laughs> not the case. But it's really yeah. funny because our listeners were like, "Oh, they didn't really like excessive force." I'm like, "No, I loved excessive force." But from a critical lens, it makes no fucking sense. But I do like what you're saying that if we had done like Hellfire Club from the beginning and having yep. people chase down Cyclops and Jean Grey, this really would have worked out really well. I know, and I just cannot get over how funny that episode was and to the point where i think it was intentionally funny that cyclops was just losing his shit in the middle of the city and mr sinister is just fucking with them and be like this is really funny to watch it's very <laughs> sexy it's very rocky horror it's very campy it's it breaks away from what the rest of this show is and i think that's why it was so refreshing is that we were doing this really dark and dismal x-men show and Mm -hmm. everything is like out to get the x-men you know people are fleeing to genosha and sometimes pirates pop in from other dimensions and capture them and then other people are enslaved and it's like (laughs) so much there's a cure going around and also weapon x is still kidnapping people and turning them into weapons it's like so grim and then you get to this episode that it seemingly is going to start off that way because cyclops is like gene's dead I have no purpose without a woman. And Logan's like, I'm standing right here. And Cyclops just takes it to the streets and starts comically. And does murders. Like chasing after the Marauders with no idea what he's doing. Mr. Sinister is just messing with him. It is so funny and there's like moments where logan's walking around be like jesus christ even i'm not this bad it's I know. like it's great just so good i don't know it's like it decided to be very campy in the middle of this really dark tv show and i really appreciate that they completely decided to go in that direction with it which is like i think i'm pretty sure greg johnson and craig kyle wrote it which is funny because like they wrote most of the show, right? Like, so mm-hmm. what happened? Let like, me let me see which people... it is. It, okay, so yeah. they wrote it. And they wrote most of these episodes, and it's just really funny to me that they decided to be like, you know what? We're just gonna make this episode fucking bonkers, and we don't care. Whatever. Uh-huh. I mean, it's pretty great, <laughs> and everyone is in character. And I mean, it turned out, although I don't think the pacing was quite right, but it did turn out in the long term that what. Craig Kyle and Christopher Yost and everybody else who worked on the show was going for was leading up to the Phoenix saga and Jean Grey being the most important element of this show. It's just that because there were so many other detours that we took along the way and such a winding path, it was never clear to me what this show was about. At any point. Same. I never had any clue. Did you know what was happening in the Wendigo episode? Do you think that Still needed no to be idea. Nobody Still knows. absolutely no clue. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if I were to give somebody a skip list, I hate to say it, but like I'd put a lot of episodes on there. And, well, and not, that because, is one of the not because I would put on only episodes that I think are, are bad episodes. I would put episodes on that I think should be skipped, but I think are good individually simply because they don't need to be there. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. the big issue with this show is that 
in a vacuum, we might even say that some of these episodes are quite good. It's just that they don't contribute to an overall story, nor are they good as one-shot episodes in the way that X-Men TAS could do, where having right. a one-shot episode could still be deep, could still show you something about the characters. In this show, it almost always felt like they were wasting time. And it's like, well, why? In this TV show, they didn't spend any time with the characters at all. That's, yeah. That's the problem. Which is weird because it was so long. And yet almost everything was action, action, action. And that's it. And then like Wolverine jumps around, screams, fights the Hulk, fucks mm-hmm. the Hulk. I don't know. It's like Wolverine's ex-boyfriend's pulling away from leading the team repeatedly. A rogue being like, Jesus Christ, Logan. Like, <laughs> But then Rogue comes back later and is like, actually, I'm going to stay and I'm not really going to get into why. <laughs> no, there, I mean, just, Rogue, that's it. That's all we get. I don't understand Rogue's motives other than she's mad at logan and it's strange because her and gambit don't interact on the show and i feel like by not having gambit be there to support rogue at being mad at logan yeah it just doesn't work imagine how much better this would be if gambit was either part of the brotherhood for real or at least part of the acolytes and like tempting rogue to come to genosha but instead gambit is hanging out with sybil zane another character who exists on this show (laughs) like it's just like what is going on everybody has their own motivations before we move on to the next question i am gonna say a gold star can also go out to the rover episode if i had to pick another episode that was serious that i liked rover we didn't pick worst episodes yet though did we are you gonna say wolverine versus the hulk okay okay that's god well hold on let me just say that rover's very good i felt like that you already kind of touched about this when we started recording but it's good because it it deals with xavier being a piece of shit and how yep the repercussions of that are horrible because marrow betrays him i know and makes a mistake and you can't even be that mad about it you know? <laughs> yeah but you can't be that mad because you understand exactly why she did it and right. that is great i love yeah. the portrayal of that that was character growth and change that actually made sense and is something that was really missing from the non-future episodes of the show i totally agree it was great to have marrow on this show mm-hmm. all right least favorite episodes go you can't say the whole show i won't um so this is actually a really tough one because we disliked a lot of episodes but i think i'm gonna say code of conduct which is the silver samurai episode is the worst one it's it's a tough decision because i know i'm also talking about the Weapon X episode with Mystique, Stolen Lives. But I think Code of Conduct might actually be even worse. Those are your two right there. Those are, those are I think, the bottom two. I mean, I'm going to agree right now that Mystique episode is awful. It's really bad. But I, I the reason I think Code of Conduct is worse is because it's about, it, it contributes nothing at all. Like, at least you could argue that Stolen Lives is part of the overarching story of the show. Yeah, because it it ties in X-23, for example, and it ties in some Weapon X information. I think it's not well written or acted. I don't know who to blame for that. I I don't actually really blame anyone involved because I have no idea creatively what was demanded there. But Code of Conduct, I just have no freaking idea why that was on the show. Like it didn't need to be there. And I I just it's terrible. And it was like (laughs) sexist. It's sexist. The Silver Samurai is portrayed as this like really flat character whose motivations don't make sense. It's just a pale imitation of anime of the time period that was much better than that. And like I just it felt really phoned into me. And also above all, I keep saying it doesn't need to be on the show. It doesn't relate to anything else that happens you can cut it out 
and you're better for it because it's meaningless. Yeah. Code of conduct is really bad. I, I totally agree with that. And what is it? Stolen lives of mystique. Yeah. I feel like we already touched on that in the episode where we reviewed it, but even if you had made mystique be an ex of Wolverine, which I guess makes sense because they've both been old enough to get around and accidentally fuck each other. I could totally see a hookup scenario for them. It's just the writing of Mystique on that app was so... Okay, it would have been really funny if Logan's like, I don't remember who you are. And Mystique's like, oh, really? She transforms into, like, this burly man from Germany. And he's like, oh, now I do. I mean, we, like, made that joke on the show where we're like, was she just transforming into Sabretooth? And, like, <laughs> Logan just, like, thought that Sabretooth ran really hot and cold with him and, like, couldn't figure it out. But it was just that, like, half the time it was Mystique, actually. I see. <laughs> These are more fun things that the show in 2009 would never have done. Oh, my God. But allow the episode to make more sense. You know, when I think back on Stolen Lives, it's actually not the Wolverine Mystique part that I really think of as being stupid. Although, of course, it is. I think about that scene when Mystique was running around. <laughs> and be like, I don't know what's like going gasping on. I know. And being like, I don't know what to do. And it's like, transform. Like, you're the only person in the universe who can just disguise themselves to be safe no matter where you go and you're instead running around crying like it's yeah, so it's Mystique weird who would not give she Mystique she would, would never not be do putting that up with this like, shit that's the most out of character moment i feel like of the entire show is that moment when mystique is crying running around the hallways of the weapon x facility <laughs> it's like literally what is happening here it's like have you seen a, have you read a comic book with mystique yeah, in it? she's like, like do you know what her powers are did you all forget what her powers were like she could disguise herself as a column like it's fine uh, like no one needs to find her ever okay that'd be really funny if it was just like a column with eyes <laughs> yeah, call me. Call me. <laughs> One of Cloakie's besties. That's how he and Mystique met, is that she was disguised as a column. Mm -hmm. It's funny that we didn't even say Wolverine versus the Hulk. Well, those were your two. I was going to follow up and say okay, two. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. What are your two? Well, I was going to say Wolverine versus Hulk because it has no bearing on this show whatsoever yeah. it makes no sense straight out of the gate nick fury is wildly out of character where he's like absolutely threatening to give away the position of the x-men something that nick fury would never do because nick fury has canonically been a supporter of mutants and he would never kill the hulk no either. he wouldn't we don't know why that they were doing that in the first place because that's not explained and like People are like, well, you have to watch Hulk versus, but that we doesn't did. explain anything. Explain nothing. Both, both of those didn't explain anything, and they were the same story twice, except one was like way more graphic. I know. I, I'm like, can we put both of those together into one episode and just put both of them in the trash? Because they're both not useful or fun to watch. But also like the Wendigo are in Wolverine versus the Hulk, and they don't explain anything anything about the Wendigo, which is unfortunate because I did a spotlight on the Wendigo and mm -hmm. I said, the Wendigo would be a really cool thing to work with by the way it infects people. But yeah. we don't know why anything is happening. It's just frustrating and annoying to watch although i will say the episode with mystique stolen lives i did fall asleep during three times so that is not a good sign <laughs> at all um but there was another episode i was gonna say for my number two and i'm just looking up the name of it now okay so the other one i really didn't like was past discretions which is the lead yes. up to stolen lives that oh, introduced maverick's daughter terrible both of those episodes need to not exist like talk about skip list i i'm gonna i'm gonna go on a limb and say that christy shouldn't exist seems like a cool <laughs> character no didn't, you're right she shouldn't exist on this but, show, though. but like 
they could have done something with her. Like, there's no purpose to her being on this TV show, and it's really frustrating because it's like at least with x23 and x-men evolution they had written in this whole thing where wolverine's like oh my god they cloned me again into this little girl and tortured her her whole life and i need to fucking free her from weapon x and shield who Mm -hmm. are all hunting her down yeah because like she's not free from anything and she can't stay with the x-men either so i'm gonna do the most i can to let her know that she's not alone and it's a great arc for logan because logan sees her pain and is like oh my god i can't believe the person who understands me most is this little girl yep who is experiencing this right now and the best i can do is get her out it's like a really good story where you do this episode mm-hmm. and like it could it has a setup there where it's like okay well weapon x attacks them steals her father away and traumatizes her but then she's just like in the woods like camping forever after that it's like who raised this child like what happened to her and it's and they could have done a cool thing where like they do at the end in that other episode with stolen lives they're mm-hmm. like okay well we're gonna reunite maverick and christy and it's gonna be a whole moment but like we don't even know that's what they're gonna do she needed to be on the show more. Like if they were going to put her on the show, she needed to be there from the beginning, along with the hellfire club as another character, get rid of fucking Tildy, put her in that role. Yeah. Tildy. So random. This is actually, I'm coming up with this concept, right? And it's already working in my head. Hire me, Marvel. Uh, So you put (laughs) Christy in here at the beginning. Wolverine brings her back to the X-Men towards the beginning of the show. And Christy is like working alongside the X-Men and with Wolverine to find her father, but also learning how to train and like find people like herself, which allows us to spend more time with the X-Men. So you've got these two stories going on, which is like Logan figuring out what the fuck's happening in the future, which turns out to be really nothing. And then like Christy trying to figure out what's going on with her and getting involved with all this X-Men vigilante stuff that eventually leads to her father and building these relationships with the X-Men mm-hmm. could have been a great shoe in for the audience to come along with this show honestly you know yeah. be like christy could have been that perspective and they they wasted her and i it's know it's tough just unfortunate because usually these shows have had like a young character who is the way in like whether it's kitty or jubilee or even x23 much later in x-men evolution is sort of introduced as, as a way to understand logan through a different lens and no. Maddie, they didn't even do that. They were like, your way in's going to be Logan, but Logan's not going to show up half the time. Like He's great. not. And it's it's <laughs> tough. I mean, I feel like that really is the problem with this show because part of why the three-part pilot works so well is because Logan is your way in. He is the character that you relate to in those moments. But then after that, it's just, they just stop doing that. They stop doing Logan episodes where you even care about him. And instead it's... I don't know, just random people coming in and off stage. Yeah, I agree. And this is a great time to bring up the next question, which was going to be who's your favorite character and least favorite character. But I don't actually feel like there's a least favorite. I feel like we have favorite characters. I mean, this is tough because there's so many characters and I actually like a lot of them. It's just that. Well, okay. I was going to say there's what I ended up writing was what was your favorite character and then like character that you su- you were surprised to like on the show kind of like how in uh-huh. X-Men Evolution we fell in love with I don't even remember I think for me it was Spike and and that rewatch where I said he was a really cool character that I didn't appreciate as much the first time I'd watched the TV show. Mm-hmm. But that's the question. 
I don't think there's a least favorite character, honestly. Yeah. But you can you can go into there's, it. I mean, there's really no least favorite character. I mean, it's the X Men. I so I feel like the most obvious favorite character. Oh, I was gonna say, can you even say there's a favorite character? Like we don't like you said, you don't spend enough time with anybody. I know. I'm gonna answer it anyway, though. So I I would say my my favorite character who didn't surprise me at all is Emma Frost. Knew Shame. she was gonna be great on this show. But she is great on this show. And I, I, again, feel like my highest compliment to the show is that the writing for her is incredible across the board. Even the super rushed Hellfire Club episodes at the end still felt like she was nailing it character wise, still felt a lot of her emotions through the animation and blocking of those scenes really worked for me. Wish that the show had actually been about the Hellfire Club, but we've said that enough times. (laughs) I would say the character who I was surprised to like, which is kind of a weird way to phrase it, is Bishop, but only because I feel like Bishop is so fucking cool on this show. And I've literally never seen that before. Even the comics make him look dumb sometimes. Not always. I feel like that's changed recently. But this show was coming out in 2009 which was like not great times for Bishop, (laughs) like comic book wise. No, it's not. And so it was cool to see him be such a well-rounded character and to have him be the leader who's kind of playing off Professor X where Xavier doesn't get to be the leader anymore and Bishop really is. But you also see Bishop make some very human mistakes with Marrow, but they're not mistakes like we saw him making on X-Men TAS where it was just like, he was just stupid for no reason. It's like actually <laughs> normal leadership calls that he was making that worked and were fascinating. And just, I think part of why we liked the future episodes so much was because Bishop is really the guiding force there and was such an interesting character on the show. No, that's a great way to put that because Bishop is a character who canonically in the comic books has been in and out of being written poorly and then also being really well but his character is to be kind of like this stubborn badass leader Mm -hmm. and that was portrayed really well in this tv show and it was nice that he got to be that way instead of being comically bad at shooting things in actually the animated (laughs) series uh just standing there in the background and days of future past and then dying yeah doing any of this shit with him and baby hope like it's just nice to see a change of pace um and he was written the way he was supposed to be. So I agree with that. Yeah. So what are your picks? I guess I kind of stole Emma from you. She's the most obvious one. No, that's fine. I was going to say Emma. And it's hard for me not to say Mr. Sinister because mm-hmm. he is just so fun in this. But like, when is he not fun? I know. I know. <laughs> like, I thought about picking Warren, too, because I actually really love his portrayal. Well, he is the one I'm actually choosing because... I love Warren in the comic books and you know, he's like in my top five Mm -hmm. and I'm obsessed with him in his arc that is written differently on every show and how he turns into Archangel. And this is by far the most tragic version of him. You just want to like go and hug him. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? He's, he quite honestly is probably the only character on this show besides Emma who gets, a full arc from start to finish where he is fighting against his father who is anti-mutant because his father's figured out that Warren's a mutant. Say this is in the same canon as evolution, right? And so Mm -hmm. his father finally knows he's a mutant and that he was running with the X-Men for a while. Now he can't because it will destroy the Worthington image. So he is forced to hide his gay. Yeah. And meanwhile, his father is trying to cure mutants because he finds them so disgusting and he just thinks there's something mentally wrong with warren that he can fix with like a cure and warren pushes back on this throughout the tv show while secretly funding the x-men and helping them out where he can eventually his father goes too far 
and Warren's like, fuck this, fuck you, I'm going to go fight. And there's that great line where Beast is like, you know everything's going to change in your life if you come with us right now. And Warren's like, I'm here to go to Stonewall, all right? Like, let's go do this shit. Mm -hmm. And Warren then ends up being attacked by the people who are hunting mutants. They beat the shit out of him for no reason other than it's a hate crime. Then give him to his father, who surgically removes the wings from him. And Warren's left with nothing. So he turns to, like, Mr. Sinister, who turns him into Archangel, which I think is so much more interesting than the Apocalypse storyline. But it's just, he's so good. And, like, the emotion that the voice actor conveys in him, especially in Guardian Angel, when he's in the hospital and he's, like, shaking... And then he, or is it that that part where he escapes and he goes back to the X Mansion and the X Men are like trying to help their friend who showed up in the middle of the night, completely traumatized. I don't know. It spoke to trauma. He got to, we got to see trauma conveyed through Warren, which didn't get conveyed through any other character on this show. His arc is so good, Maddie. Like it's hard to not give that award to him. And I think Emma gets a great arc as well. Mm-hmm. But like we didn't get enough time learning about who the Hellfire Club was. I know. So like that's the only reason why she's not the number one. Otherwise, she would be because, as you said, she was written really well. And I feel like the writers of this show came in knowing that they were going to do a lot with Emma Warren and planned that part at least. So mm-hmm. and I mean they really nailed it in, in both cases, which is part of what's so tricky about this show in terms of evaluating whether it's good or not, because the emotional swing between how I feel about the portrayal of Warren and Emma on the show and how I feel about like, I don't even know, like magma. (laughs) 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 The list goes on, man. I, it's tough, but Hey, we're trying here. I mean, I do, I do think that Marrow is a good, third place because we get to see her arc in the future and how she's been sort of like and she's definitely a surprise i mean is is she your pick for for character who surprised you no she she's actually not but i was gonna say that she is just like another character that they spend a lot of time diving into her character and how it's what it would be like growing up in the apocalyptic world Mm -hmm. and how she doesn't have the social skills that everyone else has and how she's just angry and all that so that's cool i was actually going to pick somebody that you're not expecting great surprise me (laughs) not not a character that is even on the side of the x-men but for some reason i loved sybil zane Okay, I wasn't expecting that. But you know what? She is really funny. So <laughs> I'm here for it. I don't know why she's a villain. <laughs> like, I guess she's a villain because she works with the people trying to suppress mutants. But if she was going to be that character, she shouldn't have been so fun. She was like Ada Wan. Yeah. Like, she's just like flipping around, kind of flirting with Gambit, driving a convertible. Like, it's like she was like not even on the show like she wasn't part of this show like she would drive her convertible in and then it would just become a different show and then she'd drive it through a wall and then just become another show again and I, know. I was like i don't know why she's on this show and why she is this fun i really feel like they were building her up to be a character in season two that would then side with the mutants because she really does seem kind of sympathetic at times where she's like i'm really just here for the money mm-hmm. and which is very this gambit is getting more of her. fucked up i think she was supposed to be the counterpart to him and that they were gonna do more with that i know and like <sighs> we just didn't get to see it play out so i don't know it's like so many other things on this show where there were just so many ideas and they said yes to 
all of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what if we had a cool lady villain who was like an Ada Wong-ass counterpart to Gambit? Okay, what if we had literally every other character in the show? I don't, I don't they didn't need to invent Sybil Zane. They could have just had like Belladonna do that or mm-hmm. any of the characters from his story, but instead they made up a bunch of thieves. Or, or even have Rogue in the mix somehow. I'm I'm just sitting here being mad that the Wikipedia page for Wolverine and the X-Men keeps saying Spike is on this show and he's not. And he's not. I don't know who edited this in. It's not true. <laughs> I mean, they also said that Spike was in X-Men 3, played by two different people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this this Wikipedia claims Spike has a cameo in Hindsight Part 1, which is the pilot episode of the show. I really feel like we wouldn't have missed that. No. I suppose it's possible we did. Unless, unless it's a different Spike. It's not, though, because it's linking to Spike's Wikipedia page <laughs> about the X-Men Evolution character. It claims that the same voice actor from X-Men Evolution is voicing him as well, which I'm like, that's not no, true. No, that's not there at all. That's in- incorrect information. It's actually Spike Spiegel, and he's been kidnapped out for being a mutant because one eye sees the past, and the and other one, one sees the present. The, yeah, well, fucking whatever, sure. You whatever shit Cowboy <laughs> you up decides to do that week, I know. Great, um, okay. All right, so here's a fun question, uh, which is, how are your feelings viewing this show now versus 2008? Something mm-hmm. that we did with the first two TV shows and we had a lot of thoughts. Yeah, this is a toughie because I barely remember watching this show. Although I, I did talk on Hulk versus about how I, I did watch some episodes of it. I remember the Cyclops episode where Cyclops gets his wall punched in by Logan. I very strongly remember watching that one. So like there's certain episodes I know I watched, but I, I just... I can't even really answer this because I don't think I had strong enough <laughs> feelings towards it at that time period to like or dislike it. How about you? So it came out in 2009, which was a great time. <sighs> well, we talk about a lot of this on on the podcast here, but we all know that I suffered a really horrible trauma mm-hmm. uh, that was... 2007 into 2008 so by the time 2009 rolled around i was like very submerged in acting and productions and shows because i didn't go to therapy i didn't get any help until way later in life don't do that guys like get the therapy sooner than later but like you know i i dealt with my trauma by doing other stuff so i really wasn't like watching tv but i Mm -hmm. did watch this tv show Along with the new seasons of Slayers, the anime that came out. I remember doing that and watching the Torchwood. That that was my commitment level at the time. But like I was not very focused on it. And it was very hard to watch because it was airing in a place that most people couldn't access. So like I watched this entire TV show that was like re-uploaded onto YouTube <laughs> back when YouTube was just starting and it yep. did not have the high definition that it does now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the only way I could watch it on the TV is if I downloaded the fucking YouTube app to the Wii. Which I'm sure you didn't do. No, I did do it. And then oh I navigated God, really? that long time writing Whoa. out the secret code to find the episodes. With the fucking Wiimote? Oh my you God. were like it, typing it in? Yes, it was Incredible. terrible. And then getting it and watching this like low quality 
copy of Wolverine and the X-Men because I really wanted to watch it. It was the X-Men. And at the time, I just kept thinking, why is this like not captivating me like all the X-Men TV shows are? Am I losing mm-hmm. my love for the X-Men? I mean, realistically, I was just losing love for life for a little while yeah, there. Yeah, but I I feel like it says something that I don't even remember the first time I watched it, you know? Like, it it just made no effect on me. and And that's rough i don't either i thought i watched it at a friend's house on their computer when they were still asleep and i had slept over but i don't think that's right because i don't think it was out yet so i must have just like found it online through the fucking Wii and then like watched it on my big box tv in the corner and i also have to say this is when i had to move back in with my parents for a few years and my old room wasn't even available to me so i was living in like this tiny guest room watching it on the Wii, like over like a garment rack of costumes it was like not worst a great case way to... scenario yeah but like <laughs> the point being is that they did not make this show accessible to people unless you had like tivo i don't even know if tivo existed yet i think it did but i i didn't know very many people who had it but i i know it it existed around then i think oh, you know what you're right because you could record episodes on tv i mean i think that's how people were ripping it for youtube yeah but even just the fact that it was so difficult to do that. I mean, there was like this weird time period. I mean, it's ahead of streaming. I, I don't know how to even describe this, where it's like a lot of millennials hadn't weren't paying for cable in their own apartments yet. And like streaming didn't exist. So everyone was just watching shit on YouTube. And it was like, yep. piracy was ruling the day, essentially. <laughs> I mean, I that was just how people watch TV. I, I don't know. I, do, you, I don't, do you love how like the resolve to piracy is just making it available? <laughs> It is. I mean, that is the resolve to it, though. And that is kind of where we're at now is that Disney Plus has it. And now we are giving residuals to all the people who made this show because we're actually watching it legally on Disney Plus, which we pay for, which I'd much prefer, frankly. Sure. I mean, even though we don't care for the show, I'm glad they're getting those resids. I, I I would much love watching something that's not like in the corner of a screen on youtube on my box <laughs> tv like, and my wii you know 720p if that it's like blurry it's like split up I into know. six parts and you're like part four is missing and you just give up because you can't find <laughs> I it i hated that Terrible. i oh my god anyway i i did remember some episodes really liking and the ones i remembered was the mr sinister episode where he's like running around with cyclops because mm-hmm. i remember that being kind of funny and i remembered warren's episode yeah. and the first three episodes i remember not liking the wendigo episode and i'm glad <laughs> that like that hasn't changed the only thing that's different now is that back then i don't think i was very interested in all the future stuff because like how much i was paying mm-hmm. like or how little i was paying attention to it yeah and in rewatching it now i thought the future stuff was the strongest part of the show and could have been the show i think i thought at the time that the hellfire club was kind of shoot in and i still feel that way it is i mean it really is it's it is such an afterthought and it's it's hard to care well here's the fun the fun question what didn't work about this show and how would we rewrite it what would we change oh my god my (laughs) eyes are glittering right now and uh, and also if you want to do like a watch list i think this is a good place to talk about that so like right off the bat this show needed to introduce the hellfire club at the beginning yeah that needed to happen i also think that we need to spend less time in the past and we should have been doing the show from the future and like Xavier using Logan's brain or whatever to go back and find out what happened to the X-Men in clips from the past. Mm-hmm. Or you don't do that and you stay in the past and you do the future thing, but you have to do the buildup that I suggested earlier where it was like the Hellfire Club and Mr. Sinister being the constants throughout the show and how those things would interfere with the MRD and Genosha and then how 
it all worked up to the Dark Phoenix and we saw it coming. But then it's like, oh, but just kidding. It's actually Apocalypse because if you look at these clues correctly, you realize that you didn't solve it correctly and Carmen Sandiego got away and now Apocalypse <laughs> is going is to the big take bad over the world. Because he is Mr. Sinister's secret boyfriend. Yes. Yeah. I think that works way better. And honestly, I, even scrolling through the number of episodes I would skip, it's like 20 episodes. It's insane how many I would skip. <laughs> because, well, because here's, here's my fix, which is essentially the same as your fix, is keep the three-part pilot the same except change just a couple things in it which are put genosha and the mrd a bit more in the background genosha way more in the background yeah the mrd a bit in the background because i want to keep the mrd overall and then for after that three-part pilot go to the future go all the way up to future x which is episode nine i don't think you need anything else in between those two crazily enough and um then from there you're having xavier solve the mystery of what went wrong and thinking it's the mrd thinking it's the sentinels but it's not it's the phoenix and you have to introduce the hellfire club rather than genosha as as the secondary villains magneto i love magneto as as a red herring i love magneto having xavier in the princess bed keep that but you need the Hellfire Club to be introduced from the get-go so that then you can spend the rest of the show being like, who are they? Logan's really stupid and Cyclops <laughs> is functionally useless. So you get to have lots of great moments where Logan and Cyclops are trying to figure out where Gene is, where's Gene, where's Gene. And you can even have Xavier in the future being like, something happened with Gene. No one will talk about her anymore. Like, I don't know how you want to handle that, but you need to have Gene be the, the ghost that's hanging over the whole show or not a ghost, somebody who we know is still alive, perhaps, but missing. Um, I would cut greetings from Genosha, past discretions, keep excessive force, probably cut battle lines, stolen lives, hunting grounds keep badlands that is just like i'm cutting everything i'm sorry but i am i'm keeping badlands that's the polaris episode so i would change the polaris episode to make it way more clear that it's the phoenix that really destroyed everything oh that's another good episode that could be on our top five it's a great one badlands is the episode where that misdirect needs to become way more clear where xavier goes to polaris being like it's the sentinels right they destroy everything and polaris is like actually no it's some other fire that shows up and is out of control. Yeah. And that's where we can get that preview of the fact that uh, Sebastian Shaw... Polaris needed to be a different character on this show, too, by the way. That is a character who was a huge disappointment. And then Code of Conduct. I, I guess you can keep Backlash. I barely remember it. Keep Guardian Angel and then keep pretty much everything else from there. Sadly, I'd say probably cut aces and eights, even though I love that episode, but it doesn't need to be there. I know. I agree. It doesn't need to be there because we don't do anything with that collar anyway. So it's like, why? I know. So all of that can go. I mean, oh wait, that was Thieves Gambit's whatever. Well, Thieves Gambit and aces and eights. I'm basically saying cut them because if you're going to have Gambit on the show, you need to use him and they don't. So yeah, well, I, I would say that they need to keep the brotherhood, right? And that I mean, according can to be me, working no. alongside them. No, 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 no. I'm saying I'm, do- I'm doing like a full rewrite of the show. I'm not even talking about like. Right. Where it's like we're, we're taking everything off the board. This is this is like me fixing the Apocalypse movie again, which you can watch on our YouTube channel. Well, yeah, because if I take away if I just take away those, you know, 15 episodes I took away. Well, we got to add them back in because we do need a 26 episode season. So what's going to be in the extra episodes? So, well, that's what I was going to say. So, first of all, I want to say. 
that I think a good way to involve Magneto in the show without bringing Genosha into the whole show is... Yeah, no two jails. Get rid of the two jails. It's insane. And no. I still have no fucking idea what that was. Put Magneto... <laughs> As one of the members of the Hellfire Club, as he is in the comic yes. for a while. And just have him start Love there that. and have him vexing for power with Sebastian Shaw and Celine. Maybe the Hellfire Club is at Genosha. Or whatever. And like they're fighting about it. And the reason why Sebastian Shaw eventually wants to take out Genosha is because he's done with Magneto's shit in the Hellfire Club. That makes so much more sense. Perfect. Right? And Scarlet Witch could also be in the Hellfire Club alongside them because... And Pietro could be excluded still. Pietro could yes. still be like, what's yeah. really going on? And he doesn't even right. know what the Hellfire Club is. And I feel like Wanda would be sort of the mole for the Hellfire Club mm-hmm. for the X-Men, as she is with Kurt and Genosha. I love her, the Kurt-Wanda relationship. I feel like what's tough about it is that all the Genosha episodes, I cut them because it's all two jails bullshit. And I'm like, we don't need that. But I do like okay. the relationship, you know? I also okay. I also think if we're going to be doing this future stuff, that if we're going to have Wanda and Kurt flirting like they are, their kid from the comic books, Nocturne, needs to be in the future episode. That would be great. Maybe she was supposed to be. I don't know. But like, I think that would be really interesting and fun. Also, this show, I know, I know this sounds crazy that I'm even introducing this idea, but now that we've removed a lot of stuff that doesn't need to be there, mm-hmm. we need the MRD actually actively hunting mutants, which we don't see on this show. And something that would have been really helpful is if they were hunting the Morlocks and Callisto and giving Callisto and Storm something to do yeah, on this show. Because you're going to have Storm no matter what. She's, I mean, right. we need her to do something. So give her more, give her the Morlocks plot line. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm saying we put Christy in the beginning of this show and essentially while Logan's off doing whatever the fuck Logan's doing, Aurora is essentially nurturing these students like Christy mm-hmm. and then this whole thing comes up with the MRD starts killing the Morlocks underground and you know her and Callisto are fighting each other but then they have to work together and like put Callisto in the mix I think that would work really well and I we agree. still have and the I- Brotherhood still working for Magneto but doing shady stuff against the Hellfire Club without the Hellfire Club knowing, I think that would be really interesting. Well, see, really what you're doing here is you're just keeping all the X-Men Evolution teams and you're only adding in one more thing, really, which is Genosha and Genosha and the Hellfire Club. But I think that's what this show wanted to do. Well, I mean, we also have the future stuff. You're not adding in also Mojo and also... No, Mojo, Mojo did not need to be on the show. I'm like, get rid of mojo completely it would actually be really cool if on the way to Genosha or whatever instead of using boats people were using like underground tunnels underneath the ocean to get there to get to like Genosha and that's where they run into the Morlocks that would be really interesting I don't know if there's not really a lot of a bunch of underground tunnels underneath the ocean but I don't know where the <laughs> fuck Genosha is on this show so it could just be off like I don't know Staten Island for all I know I, I feel like there's a way to include all these plot lines and have it work it's just that this show got really greedy about including a ton more plot lines and yeah. also gave up things that worked really well on X-Men Evolution, which doesn't make yeah. sense. Like the Morlocks were the best storylines on there and they just throw them away. It's so weird. It's like, what, you wanted Mojo that bad? Like, why? You know, it's so unusual to me. And if you've got the Morlocks in there, we can have... Because the Morlocks are in there for a second. Remember when they're chasing... What, Wolfsbane? No, they were chasing somebody in the sewers, remember? Oh, yeah. And I was like, I was surprised. In excessive force. It's Berserker. Yeah, and they can keep all that where Mr. Sinister's kidnapping Morlocks also to experiment on them. You're right. 
you're right. There is yeah. technically a Morlock episode and it's excessive force, our secret favorite episode. Yeah. How could we have forgotten that? No, you can't forget that. And then you also need the cuckoos still there as part of this like hellfire thing, but like not turning against Emma because that's fucking stupid. Like what is even happening on this show? Mm-hmm. I really like the idea that if we got Rotildi, we just had Christy and Kitty becoming friends. That would be fun. Do you remember mm-hmm. on the show when they tried having Bobby and Kitty flirt with each other and then did not pursue that because they realized that they were gay? Okay, I actually really loved that because at yeah. the beginning of the show, we were like, oh, Bobby and Kitty are going to date. It's going to be so awful. But then they don't. That was actually amazing that this show yeah, just was like, they're too gay. They can't do that. You know what? Fair. That, that was 10 out of 10. Great, great choice. Speaking of gay... We needed more like Beast and Forge science scenes. Mm-hmm. Also, Forge like they introduced Forge, but why? I listen. I don't know why he's on the show. And the version of him is fun to watch, but it's also not Forge. It really needs to be more like Forge from the comic books that actually contributes. It's like they got rid of Colossus and added in Forge for kind of no reason. It's like wh- why are characters being taken on and off the board at all times? I don't know. And there's other characters in here that I would like to see them do more with. Like they could take that storyline with dust and have dust be like yeah. in the background of a few more than one episode being like i'm investigating what's going on with the hellfire club and genosha and there's a lot of fucked up shit happening yeah that would be really cool if she was like an international spy who was yeah. like this is a cause for international concern and so i'm spying on this or whatever and that while wanda is like both part of the hellfire club and doing this genosha shit that it's dust going to kurt and being like, yeah. you need to check this out. And then Wanda... And also, like, don't trust your girlfriend or whatever. And then Wanda starts questioning things. I think that'd be really interesting. I also think you can keep Gambit on this show, but you just need to put him in the Brotherhood like he was in X-Men Evolution. Uh, yeah, he needs to be on the fucking Brotherhood. You can even have Rogue leave and join the Brotherhood. And, yeah, and then they can fucking be themselves, you know? I know, it's, it's absurd. Get rid of Sybil Zane, who doesn't need to be there. You know what else is sad? It's such a missed opportunity that we have Domino in the past and the future but there's no connection there's no growth between those two dominoes that we see it's like they just didn't bother to write that which is so sad because that version of domino in the future is so fucking cool and i would love to see that growth of her in the past questioning things being like maybe there's a different path for me but we don't see that at all so it's like what was the point of having her in both places like, I don't why know. even do that if you're not going to write the character drama that you've set up for yourself? It's so <laughs> yeah, right? weird. Like, the number of missed opportunities on this show. Like, that's an easy one. That's, like, one scene you can write for her that will make her such a stronger character. I mean, I just feel like you could do that with a lot of characters. Even background characters who didn't do anything with, like, it would be cool if we did this Hellfire Club storyline and we take a character like Donald Pierce and he has lines yeah. on the show besides, ah, and... <laughs> He eventually and you get rid of like the nitros and Psylocks of the world. And then you're making space for those other characters who actually matter. I mean, I love Psylocke, but I don't know where she would fit in on this rewrite. Honestly, she doesn't need to be there. I'm sorry. She could be in the future somewhere. I don't care. But like, I mean, I do care about her. But <laughs> well, like, I mean, you know. it's more just like if you don't have enough time to actually have the characters do something, don't just put them in there because it's a, it's just a wasted opportunity at that point and it's disappointing to fans because it's like why are they here no i totally agree and i just feel like there's so many things they could do that would be really interesting 
of course I'm going to see Boom Boom come back, but she doesn't really need to be there. I feel like there's so many other characters that we now have on the Brotherhood in this rewrite. Well, yeah, because Domino's on the Brotherhood instead of Boom Boom in this show, which she doesn't have to be. You could put Boom Boom in there and have her be the cool girl of the Brotherhood. No, but I like Domino. I kind of feel like Domino works for this story, and I'm I'm here for that because then it puts her in the future with Bishop. So Right, which is the tie between the future and the past in addition to Xavier that's like on the villain's side, and that's interesting. But again, total missed opportunity on the show that they didn't do i totally agree i totally agree and it's like i don't know i I was gonna say with donald pierce if they had kept him in the show and he had like a bigger part to do with like hellfire club i could Mm -hmm. see him eventually betraying the hall of hellfire club right and going to the mrds but then it fucks him up because he's like he makes a deal with senator kelly and then classic donald pierce bullshit yeah see he's got a lot of opportunities yeah then he gets his like arms cut off and then he has to get the cybernetic parts i you know there's just so many cool things it could have done X-23 did not be in this season. Don't know why she was even here. She doesn't need to be on the show. I'm really sorry to say that, but there's just so much here already. Okay, actually, Maddie, I lied. We can put her on the show. So in the future, they spend the whole time, because nobody knows where the fuck Logan is, oh right? So like, yep. So at the very beginning, we have adult X-23 as Wolverine running around. And she's like, yeah, I am trying to find him also. And they have to work with her to find Logan. Mm-hmm. Love that. That'd be fun. So is Logan like kidnapped or something? Like, I feel like he needs to actually be incapable of finding Xavier as opposed to just really late. Like, that was insane that yeah, he showed up that, and he was he, like, I well, just he was late. Walk. <laughs> he just walks Baywatch style everywhere he goes. Everyone's like, Logan, the camera's in slow-mo, not you. <laughs> we can't keep that. It's so bad. No. Like, I I do like the idea of him being locked up somewhere because Bishop right. says that at one point. And then he's like, yes, like, why not just keep him locked up the whole time? I don't know. There's a lot of cool stuff you could do. I don't know what characters I would add in here. I feel like I'm just using who's already there. I mean, the Morlocks are a big one. I I feel like it's mainly just that the fact that this show should have just been a continuation of X-Men Evolution and they didn't commit to that is a disappointment to me, too, because it's like, yeah, you could have just kept everything from that. Why did you change anything? (laughs) Like, it's fine. Just have it be 10 years later and then just pick up where you left off, fully commit. You can still introduce everybody, but it's like, why did you throw all that characterization out the window? I I will never understand the answer to that. Instead, they kind of half-ass it by having most of the show feel like it could be in in character for X-Men Evolution, but then just a couple of key things are different for no reason. And it's like, why? Why? I I truly don't (laughs) know. Just to drive us crazy is really the only answer. It's like, just to drive us personally insane. It was, it's, it's just... I want to say it's not good. It's just confusing. Yeah. Confusing decisions were made. I like how I'm just like, I tried to say a nice thing and I couldn't figure out how. (laughs) Okay. How many more questions do we have? Uh, Just one more. Okay, great. If we got a season two of this TV show Mm -hmm. and it didn't have all these constraints that it did in season one and we got to season two of Apocalypse, what are some things that you would want to see? Okay. Emma coming back to life. That's a big one. Obviously. Beast puts her together like a 3D puzzle. Um, Morlocks. Yes. It's not too late to introduce the Morlocks. It's not too late to bring back Spike. Let's do more with X-23. Let's give her something to do. I totally agree with that, too. That's literally what I was going to say next is put X-23 on the board. And then honestly, just do the other stuff we said. It's not too late to have Domino have a real arc. 
You know, no. like it's it's not too late to bring the brotherhood back in. That is like, can you just like please give the characters arcs at all? It's not too late to introduce Gambit and Rogue. Yeah. Like it's it's not too late to do so or much. Nocturne, I want to see Nocturne. That'd be awesome. Yeah, put Nocturne in the future. That's great. But then it's also like, okay, Jean's back. Do the love triangle. It's not too late for that either. Like do some actual storylines that show who these characters are emotionally. Let Kitty grow to be the leader that she deserves to be. They've already foreshadowed that. Let Storm do anything at all. Let her have a line. I mean that (laughs) I'm including with the Morlock storyline. Just basically do a whole Storm Morlock storyline so that she actually gets something to do. Just have Storm be the leader now that everything's back together again. I don't know. Even though Scott's there. I mean, that would also make sense. Scott, (laughs) Scott is busy. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Can I just say that I would love to see Colossus come back with magic? Me too. Me too, actually. Great Especially because I'm playing um, Midnight Suns right now, and magic is so fun in that game, and it's making me sad that she wasn't on this show. I mean, we just, we're just we big magic fans here on the, the Mutant Ages, so yeah. there's that. Um, also, I want to see a version of Jubilee on here who's like badass and cool. Mm-hmm. And I kind of am thinking, like, don't even have her in the past stuff. Have her be Wolverine's sidekick in the future, where oh, she's like this fun. punked out Age of Apocalypse version of Jubilee. I think that'd be so cool. It would be cool. It would be cool. I mean, also we have to have like Age of Apocalypse storylines, I guess, right? So we gotta we gotta do like do Nate Gray, Nate Gray, and like, um, but also we have to write Apocalypse well. It's a real challenge, but it can be done. I don't know. I know it can be done. It's you know, Krakoa has proven this. I like the rock star cult leader Apocalypse that was depicted in the last five seconds of Wolverine and the X Men. Yeah, me too. That was a lot of fun. I just like just raising his hands and he's like, yeah. and those girls are like, oh my god, it's him! It's Apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like it and i like mr sinister's pigtails i feel like there was a lot of promise in those last few seconds oh yeah can we have more mr sinister oh hell yeah we can he's still gonna be apocalypse's boyfriend who's kind of resentful because he thinks he's better than apocalypse and i love that would like to see more of that relationship it sounds really fun me me too um also more of mr sinister using scott's dna for nefarious ends <laughs> like just in general okay also where's havoc speaking of the summers like yeah, where the fuck is he bring him back and you know put gene in the mix i mean it's like what what happens you know like what happens in the future version of the apocalypse cult leader storyline where does that go you know yeah i mean there's so much potential there it could happen there's a lot of people who want this to happen i it could like i said before it would be really interesting to watch because they wouldn't have the constraints that they did in 2009 and now they don't have to follow a specific format and there there's no x-men in the mcu either so it's like they really can just do whatever they want at this point right. they're in a unique position now where it's like the krakoa era in the comics which is they're better than they've ever been so you got great stuff to work with plus you you aren't competing with live action movies and expectations there so it's kind of perfect if they wanted to try to fix this show yeah i also think they should make glob herman be a main character <laughs> sure yeah let's just bring you know, it. actually legit cool if they did an episode now because they could where they could be in the future and it's like logan and x23 but then also like dakin and gabby yeah i was thinking of that too where i was like would it be fun if in the future because in your your original pitch you were like adult x23 which that's very fun but then is gabby there is dakin there like do we have the full logan howlett family all bopping around 100 (laughs) percent, having healing factors being messy as you do as you do (laughs) yeah i mean i would like it i i 
I think I would like a season two of this show, which is crazy to say, because I said I hated so many episodes of this first season, but I really don't think it was the writer's fault. I just don't. I don't either. I think that it would be very different if they're like, okay, we could do 15 episodes any length. All right. Yeah, any length and also any storylines we want to do and no constraints according to live action movie schedules. Yeah, like we don't have to worry about who owns the word mutant right now. Like that's a whole thing. And we don't have to make it about Wolverine because at this point people just want the x-men they don't Mm -hmm. even necessarily want just wolverine yeah and also i feel like we live in a time period now where people are way more excited about the prospect of like a storm storyline and like oh my god marvel is no longer afraid to market black women (laughs) like there's so many things that have changed (laughs) since 2009 we live in a new world maddie (laughs) i mean in some ways it's terrible but in other ways it's not as bad so it's i don't know it's tough times out there well at least for the x-men let's say that that's undeniably true we're in a really cool time for the x-men right now yeah i want to see krakoa but maybe not on this show i think that just needs to be its own show that would be really weird but honestly a christopher yost adaptation of krakoa i wouldn't be mad at it i feel like he could do it yeah he's already making characters gay that aren't originally gay he's down for that so (laughs) yeah so why not i I would like to see it he's he's very gifted at adapting weird storylines but also you know get some new people in there why not yeah i think it's good so before we wrap up i want to say Thank you all for coming with us on this journey that was whatever Wolverine the X-Men was. And (laughs) I saw some people on Discord asking if we were going to do a holiday live stream this year. We are not. We are not going to be doing it in December. We are planning some live streams that are charity live streams for 2023, like early 2023. They're not during the holidays. We're looking at like a February situation Mm -hmm. so stay tuned for that but we will have a holiday special episode on the podcast but like a podcast yes yeah we're gonna do we will still celebrate the holidays it's basically the important piece we will is what i what i'm getting at and you'll get to hear lovely voices of our friends again Uh Uh, todd will be back he's already excited yes we are preparing for that but you know if you're interested in donating to some charities uh, we typically during the holidays do the charity for the Trevor project. Mm-hmm. You can still go ahead and do that without us having to do the fundraiser. Uh, <laughs> but we will do we will do a fundraiser. We will in like February and then maybe in the summertime because I would like to do more than one a year is kind of what it came down to. And the holidays is such a crunch financially for everybody. Mm-hmm. Plus, we ran out of Christmas specials to read. Wolverine and the X Men didn't have a Christmas special. That's like where we wound up. That was like was literally like, one of the issues was that they didn't have a. Okay, Okay, imagine if they'd had a Christmas episode of the show. I feel like we would have loved that. And I'm kind of sad it didn't happen because it would have been insane. You know, I want a Christmas episode of Wolverine and the X-Men that's in season two, but it yes. involves magic. And Mr. Sinister. Yes, but it involves like limbo <laughs> and magic and having to save Christmas from actual hell. Yeah. I love that. I don't know how Mr. Sinister is involved. I just want him to be there. Oh, he'll be there too. He'll be dressed up as Santa Claus clapping. I think he should be. I just feel like it's, I don't know. He wears so much red. He's like turned into Scott and he's like, come sit on my lap, Summers. And Scott's like, I don't want to, but like also like. But like does it? Like lying down on his lap with his bottoms up. And Mr. Sinister's like, well, I didn't even tell you to do that. But you know. <laughs> but if it's here, I may as well smack it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, good times. Anyway, um, are we at the plug section? I think we, we are. are. We made we it. Are. Um, mutantages.com. It is our website. 
It has every way that you can contact us. We are going to do a listener feedback episode, although by the time you listen to this, I think it might be too late to submit. But hey, you can get in the next round, eh? So it's themutantages at gmail.com. You can also join our Discord server. And there's a questions uh, channel in there. And there's a general chat where you can just talk about the episodes. And there's an MCU chat and all kinds of things. It's really fun. And we have a voicemail inbox, which is 1-508-319-1668. And of course, we have a PO box for physical mail. If you wanted to send us a holiday gift <laughs> or holiday postcard or holiday card, uh, yeah. it's PO box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. And of course, we're on every single social media ever. We're the Mutant Ages on all of them. And we're individually on there. I'm at Mitty Myers on all of them. How about you? I'm Ryan Pagella on Twitter and Twitch. It's Ryan Pagella on Instagram because I just cannot seem to claim my actual name for some reason. Yeah. Even though I'm pretty sure I'm the owner of that other account. I don't know how to get into it. Uh, <laughs> fun fact, living in the future. Uh, yeah. I'm also on YouTube. You can check out my channel on youtube it's just ryan pagello you'll find it uh but more importantly you can check out the mutant ages youtube channel where you can see those past live streams that we did that were charity fundraisers and some that were just us doing live streams and Mm -hmm. a good place to subscribe to now as we will be getting into the vibe of that again in early 2023 go check it out always a good time we do other things there too like play through x-men video games sometimes we do x-men parodies sometimes we react to old content that we made when we were teenagers it's an all-around good time Mm-hmm. And uh, we also have ways that you can support us with your hard-earned cash. It is the holiday season, so I would say you should go to the store and buy yourself or a fellow fan a t-shirt or a tote bag. For Christmas. With Mutant Ages logo on there or Bishop popping out of the bushes saying time travel is real, our fave Bishop. Or... You could give us the gift of your own generosity by going to patreon.com slash the mutant ages and becoming a supporter of ours. We have a bonus episode feed. We've got uh, soundtrack downloads of my songs for the shows we do. We've got all kinds of rewards for supporters and our highest tier Patreon supporters get of course, a shout out on the show. They do. But since this is us just reviewing an episode today, you get a normal shout out from me, <laughs> Ryan Pagella, also known as Snapshot. Oops, sorry. I took a blurry picture of the computer screen. Anyway, shout out to Samuel B, Soren B, and Zach S for being our top tier Patreon supporters. We Yay. love you. We appreciate you. We appreciate all of you. So much. Yeah, thank you. Especially those of us who are getting a new microphone and a new computer. We really appreciate all of yeah. your support right now. Oh, I didn't even say that. I, I said I got the new computer, but you may notice that my voice sounds way better this time. And it's because I finally bought the correct microphone. Yeah, it's true. Ryan Ryan upgraded his mic massively. So maybe you're just like, wow, it sounds exactly the same to me. Don't tell, don't tell us that. Don't even say <gasps> that. <laughs> it should sound way better. Um... Anyway, thank you all for supporting us. But if you can't afford to do that, we totally understand. We've been there too. But we do request that you will review us. Um, So you can actually leave ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And there's other places like our Facebook page. We appreciate all of that. And we super double appreciate it if you share the show with your friends on your personal social media. Share share a favorite episode. Uh, It's the spirit of giving. Give the gift of an episode of Mutant Ages to your friends this holiday season. <laughs> Folks, does that make any sense? I don't know. It, does. Say it does. I'm here for it. Cool. All right. Uh, that's it. 
We've done That's it again, it. Thanks folks. For watching. We completed Listening. Wolverine and the X-Men. Why X-Man. do I keep on asking? Like, I'm like, thanks for watching. <laughs> they I've, can't. You know what? I haven't even. They can't see us. They can't see us right I'm now. I'm used to when I do stuff on YouTube and I just like, thanks for watching, everybody. See you in the next video. All right. See you next time. <laughs> well, one of those things was right. See you next time. Oh my that God. part is right. So let's say it. See, see you next time. time. <laughs> the mutant.